You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 143 with Lisa Woodruff. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey guys, I'm super excited to be ending our four-part series today with Lisa Woodruff, professional organizer, as we talk about papers. So for those of you that are just not naturally good at papers, I feel like there's some people who just are like, no to the paper. Like they just throw it all out. I'm not sure if they even keep anything. They're just like, nope, it's gone. Or they really are organized and they already just know where those papers are gonna go or they're ruthless with what they're gonna keep. So it's very easy for them. It's very black and white. So this is for all the people that paper is great to them. They're kind of like, I don't know what to do. There's so much paper. What art projects am I keeping? Why do I have to hold on to this paper from school? Um, when can I throw this out? All the stuff, okay? And I wanted Lisa to come on and talk to us about paper so that we can stop thinking about paper so much and it take over our lives because it starts from such a young age. You know, preschool, they're like coming home with so much paper and then they go into elementary school and I don't know what middle school or high school looks like for paper, but elementary school, there's just so much paper too. And so I want you guys to feel like you have some help in regards to paper. And if you have any friends that are struggling with the paper bus, please share this episode with them. And I hope that it inspires you to kind of just, I don't know, get rid of the paper or organize the paper that you're going to keep. So enjoy the show. Hey, you guys. So before we jump into the show today, I wanted to give you a quick update on what's going on with me in regards to my fitness journey and just getting more healthy and all that kind of stuff. So most of you probably know that I was doing a program called Lean with Amanda Nybert. So I introduced her program last year. I had her on the show starting episode 112. I did a four-part series. And if you missed that, and you're interested, go and check that out because she goes over the whole program and it's just amazing to hear her because she's a dietitian, so she really knows what she's talking about. And so people have been asking me, what have I been doing and um, you know, how are you um, making progress and all that kind of stuff. So I figured I probably should say this to you guys too um, and give you this opportunity if you have missed it. Um, but Amanda Nybert gave the Mom Inspired Show listeners an exclusive discount. So If you've been on the fence trying to figure out if you should do it or not, you can get $20 off. And she runs two sessions normally a month. So if you missed one, you can grab the next spot for the next session. Um, So all you have to do is enter, go into mominspiredshow.com forward slash lean 20, and it will take you to the discount. Um, Or you just go to the show notes and all the stuff will be in there right at your fingertips. Um, And if you have questions, you guys, feel free to reach out to me because I've had people reach out to me, but I understand that some people may be hesitant to reach out to me. If you follow me on Facebook, um, you can message me at Amber Sandberg. If you follow me on Instagram, my handle is Amber Sandberg. So message me. If you're on my email list, email me and I would love to help you or answer any questions that you have. It's just been such a great program and it catapulted me to where I am today. And so some of you might be thinking, well, you know, I kind of know what I need to do. I'm just not doing it. 
This program is perfect for you because it gives you the accountability that you need for seven weeks. Now, some of you may be like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And this program is great for you because it's going to teach you a lot of things that you might not be familiar with. And so that is what really did it for me is it gave me new tools that I didn't know, but then I did know some things, but combining that and then getting back into working out has really been a game changer. So again, if you want to do this program and you want the exclusive discount, make sure to go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash lean 20 and feel free to reach out to me. I would love to help you. Now let's go to the show. Hey, Lisa, we are back for part four of the series. Thanks so much for coming back on the show today. Of course. Thanks, Amber. All right. So we're going to just jump right in and we are going to talk about paper. And I know for many moms, this can be very overwhelming. And I feel like people are either really good at paper or they're really not good at paper. And I feel like the people who are really good at paper, I feel like they just throw it out. So I don't know if that's really good at paper, but they're just kind of, it it, it doesn't exist in their house. And I've been in those homes and I'm like, where's all your paper? Um, (laughs) So I thought this is a good topic to talk about, especially when you have children that start going to school and they just bring home loads of paper. I will literally turn around and like, there's all this paper that was not on the counter before. And I was like, wait, where did all this come from? It's because they just unloaded their bag and just flung it everywhere. So I want you to share with us um, how you help people with dealing with paper and, you know, how to manage it, how to throw it away. Like, what what do you do with it so that you're just not consumed by all this paper? Yeah. First, I just want to say you're normal. <laughs> no one knows what to do with paper. Oh, good. <laughs> like, so I have a certification program for our paper organizing course for professional organizers and professional organizers sign up because they can organize your entire house, even without you there, but they don't know what to do with paper because yeah. there are no resources. There are no books. There are no programs. There's no nothing. There's either keep it because the IRS is going to come after you or get rid of it all, <laughs> okay. which are both right. very, very bad answers. And if you've read the Marie Kondo book, The Magic Art of Tidying Up, which works really, really great in your closet. But not for she paper. Says, get rid of all your paper. Okay. Oh, she does. Oh, I see. I never, I never read it. She oh, said okay. nothing will, n- it will never spark joy. Get rid of all of it. And I want to say this because <laughs> in Japan, yeah, they do not have birth certificates. Oh. Period. They oh. have no peri- paper. They don't. You don't need a birth certificate. Every single thing in that country is digitized. Oh, so they so don't I, need paper. No, yes, no. that and makes so sense. You need to know that because if you read the book and she said it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. That's bad. You're like goodbye. <laughs> Go get your compliant driver's license here in the state of Ohio. You need your social security card. Do you even know where that is? Your birth certificate and your W yep. two from last year. Who oh. has their W two from last? I had to go yeah. to the tax return. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, Americans need and have paper. In the mm-hmm. '90s, they told us we would be a paperless society. They <laughs> lied to us. They yeah. lied. Yeah, and things have gotten digitized. They have medical records are digitized. They are not kept permanently. Mm. Did you Good know, know that? Nope. Seven years. Good to know. They only have to keep it seven years. So your childhood records are nowhere digitally. Uh, Your medical records are nowhere. Oh, yes. So Mm -hmm. if you have to prove that you are immunized, you can't. Mm. Interesting. So someone on our team is- you have to keep paper. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Right. That's what I want you to realize is that you need to 
consider the source when you're asking about paper. So if you're asking an accountant about tape paper, they are going to answer it from an IRS seven-year perspective. If you're asking an estate lawyer about paper, they're going to answer it based on settling your estate someday. Mm. If you're asking a um, parent of a special needs child, they are going to answer what paper you need to keep in order to what IEP services you can get for your child one day. Mm. Who are you asking how long you should keep paper? Because everyone is going to answer it differently. I have all of those answers, but yeah. uh, and that's why I like paper organization is my thing. Paper yeah. organization is my thing because we do have to keep paper and I do like to keep it in paper format instead of digitally because it changes and because it's portable and because other people can access it easily. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think yeah, people would have so, thought of that. Yeah, I just want to start us off on the basis yeah. of like, we're not going to digitize it all and we're not going to get rid of it all. So then we can have the discussion. Yes. So it brings us back to kids paper. <laughs> you know me, I always like try to frame it first. You're like, could you get to the point? Like, we're okay, going to have so- to do so many series together. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, it's I awesome. Think, <laughs> I think though, I, I do that purposefully as a teacher because if I just give you the answer, then you're like, yep, I knew that. I heard that. But if mm. I change your mindset first yeah. and change your child's bedroom to an apartment and their clothes to, you know, a walk-in closet when it's not a walk-in closet and their paper to the fact that you cannot get rid of it, you don't live in Japan, then you right. go, oh, wait, wait yeah. a minute. I, uh, now I need to listen. I need to actually listen because I did not know what you're talking to me about. So kids' paperwork, there are a couple different categories. There's important there's sentimental and there's not important at all. Mm. And there's just so much. There's so much. So we need to get really, really good at making faster decisions with kids' paper. So important paper would be any paper that is related to money or their education or services or medical. Unimportant paperwork is the newsletter after you read it, anything you're not going to actually do that's a flyer that's coming home from school, really, spelling tests, math tests, phonics papers were like, there's a lot of kids school paperwork. They're like, Oh, my child touched this. Great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> as a teacher, I could tell you, we send this stuff home. So you know what we're teaching <laughs> as a parent, I could tell you, I didn't read it. <laughs> right. I'm like, great. Like, I sent them there so that you can teach them. I don't need to know every single thing. You don't need to keep it. So there's important, unimportant. And then there's sentimental like the first time they write their name and the 89th time they write their name and the 14th turkey handprint that they bring home and you yep. love them all. So the way to deal with this, the easiest, is to have a big plastic tub for each of your kids or just one is fine if you don't want to have more than one. And a central location like the bottom of your front hall closet or in the laundry room or the wherever, a place where you can keep this bin. Mm. And as all these papers come at you, if you can't even deal, scan through to see if there's anything urgent that you have to send back to the school and drop it all in the bin if you want to. If you have a little bit more bandwidth, recycle as much as you can right away and drop the, all of the art into the bin. Do not make a decision about whether or not you're keeping their art. Just drop it in the bin. We make those decisions in the summer. So just save it all. Because then if the school is like, did you get that note? You're like, just a minute. <laughs> Let me go, go through my bin. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then you feel like a great mom because you didn't throw it away. Yeah. Um, not a great mom because you didn't turn it in. And you know, that's the thing. We put so much value on ourselves as moms of like, if we can keep up with this paperwork, don't we? Like, Oh, yeah. I'm a good mom. I turned all my forms in on time. I I'm know. a bad mom. I can't find my paperwork. Like, are you serious? Are we in school? Like, we're the adults here. <laughs> 
is going on with our lives. I had a so, I had a funny story really quick. Yeah. And when I was doing kindergarten, I had a oh the allergies were really bad when when this happened, and I just couldn't think. It's like when you have a sinus infection or like you, or head cold, you can't think straight. I literally brought my daughter's paperwork. And I thought I was doing well because I'm like, I don't even feel good. And then she's like, oh, do you have your um, mortgage and your water bill? And <laughs> right? you have to prove that you live there. I'm like, no, no, I don't. I'm like, clearly I am out of it. I'm like, I, I thought I was doing actually well. <laughs> and there's so, another example of why you need paperwork because yeah. really a mortgage and a water bill. Yeah. And yeah. her birth certificate. So I had to bring right? all of that. Yeah. Cause you have to prove like when we fill out um, online, um, for, to register, you would yep. think we were applying for the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> we're not some trying of to these questions here. I, yeah. Some of the questions I'm like, I am not even sure what they're trying to figure out. Um, but this is very interesting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So you need all that stuff. Yeah. So if you didn't have it, I don't know how you would show I, that you pay your water bill and you live there. So, yeah. So that, that all just came up to me when you were talking and how I needed that. And how I didn't feel successful once I realized I didn't bring that paperwork, but I filled out all the forms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So in this tub, let, let's say that you're like, okay, Lisa, I'm not totally drowning. I, I could do a little bit mm -hmm. of sorting. Then what I would love for you to do is put all of the artwork in the bin and any school papers you're not 100% sure you don't want. So like they wrote a story. Uh, they got 100 on that test and they don't normally get 100 or whatever. I don't care if you put every single 100 that they get in there. They got a certificate. They got a trophy. They got a ribbon, all of it in the bin. But don't put in the bin any school correspondence. Do mm. you see what, the mm -hmm. difference there? Okay. Yep, yep. So any school-related activity goes in the bin. We're going to deal with that in the summer. We'll talk about that at the end. Now, the only thing left on the kitchen counter is school-related correspondence. So if there's a newsletter read it and throw it away. Unless your child's mentioned in it, then it goes in the bin. Gotcha. Um, also, if it's a 24 page newsletter <laughs> and your child is mentioned on page 12, only save page 12. Got it. Yeah. Makes sense. Throw the other 23 away. So if you could do a little bit of purging as you, you do great. Um, I have a system called the Sunday basket, which goes in your kitchen, which handles all of the rest of this daily paper. And the reason why is because we want you to do it on Sunday. Mm. Once the school week, week, work week starts, whether you work or not, like working at home is working, momming is working, you work, you just right. work all the time. Yeah. Monday through Friday is all about getting done what you need to get done in your job, your mom job, your spouse job, your owning your house job, your all those jobs. And then on Sunday is when I plan my, my work week and when I take care of all my momming responsibilities. So if it can wait until Sunday, it always does. All the mail waits until Sunday. Any paper that doesn't need to go back until the next Monday, or if it's like a, a something I'm ordering, but it's not due until next Monday, it all waits until Sunday. And the reason why is because it takes so much time, so much task switching time that we talked about in one of the other episodes. Right. And so the more decisions you can defer, the clearer you are when you make your decisions you don't make a decision based on finances, based on as each thing comes at you. You look at all of the requests on your money, and then you're able to better prioritize which ones you do and don't want to do versus just always making a decision 
every time the kids bring you something. And in our Sunday basket, more than just paper, you can also like write notes, like we need to get a new backpack. The kids need to go to the dentist. All those things Mm. can also go in the Sunday basket. If your kids make a request, I want to have a Clifford the Big Red Dog birthday. Oh yeah, Clifford the Big Red Dog, write it down, goes in the Sunday basket. If they need new batteries and something, just take the thing from them, put it in the Sunday basket. Um, This thing broke, like my hair bow broke, take the bow, put it in the Sunday basket. We tend to, as moms, respond to any request to us immediately because we don't want to put it on a to-do list Mm. and we don't want to forget to do it. Right. The Sunday basket eliminates that jerk response. And it may only be five to 10 minutes to respond to whatever that request is on your text, on your email, from your child, from your spouse, from the phone call. But you do that all day long and you lose hours every single day just trying not to get things on your to-do list. And now I'm curious, where does the Sunday basket go in your house? Kitchen counter. Okay. And is it a really big basket? It is about the size of a watermelon. Like if you could hug a a watermelon. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it holds these um, colored plastic slash pockets. And the colors mean something in the system. So you would throw a bow in the um, plastic pocket? Okay. Or like, let's say you just made dinner and you ran out of this spice. Yeah. I would literally just take the the spice spice bottle in there. Mm. And put it in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To remind me on Sunday. Oh, yeah, I got to yep. reorder. Yes, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you have all that. That helps set you up for the week to get, you know, go through all that. So you're not constantly mm-hmm. having to think about that every single day. Um, now, do you want to move to the saved school papers sure. now for yeah. the summer? Or do you need to tell us a little bit more before we get to that part? No, I think that's good. Okay. So the save bin of papers, whether you divided it by child, which we're not really going to do that. So it's all in one big bin, right? right? Mm -hmm. So now this is airing in the summer. This is a perfect thing to do in the summer with your kids. If your kids are overly sentimental, then you might want to do it yourself. And it's okay if you're like 12 years behind. No big deal. This is like a one week project. (laughs) Yeah. So you get all this work and all the artwork you've saved anywhere else in the house. Step one, you're going to get Amazon boxes or more plastic bins, whatever you have, and you're going to divide everything by child. So we have it all sorted by child. Okay. The reason why we do this first is because the box for the firstborn child is significantly larger Mm, (laughs) than the box for the third child. So this is why we don't just make decisions and, and toss as we go, because we're going to be decluttering more for the first child than for the third, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. So then you're going to go through each child's bin and you're going to decide what you want to save and what you want to go. So you're going to save almost anything manned with a handprint because come on. Yeah. That's Uh, a little hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. First time they did any drawings, a lot of their drawings, any originally written stories, um, pretty much anything that a teacher assigned that when the product was produced, it was unique and you knew it was your child's, not math worksheets or phonics worksheets or any of those things that everybody else in the class did. Those can all go. We're just saving the things that are uniquely your child. And then, especially for your firstborn, you're going to have like 24 pumpkin paintings. Oh yeah. You can save one. (laughs) So you just pick what is your favorite pumpkin painting? You know, what's your favorite, um, whatever. And then what I do is I display them in a binder and we do have a school memories binder that I sell that has a ton of sheet protectors in it. And it's a two inch deluxe D ring, one touch binder. And you go through all of these and you put them in the binder. Now you can put them in order if you want to, but you don't have to. Here's why. 
nobody knows. Nobody cares if it's in order. So don't stress yourself out about it. It's fun. Right. I'm curious, Second, where, do you put, where do you put your binders? I put them on an Ikea cube in, <laughs> in our what, library. In your library. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And the kids have had them in their bedrooms as well. So the thing about saving your kids' artwork is you save your kids' artwork because they did it and it's a representation of what they did. And no one ever goes through it in a bin. You save it, but nobody ever looks at it. But as soon as you put it in a binder, your children will look at it. I've done this for clients. I've done it for my own children. When you give them their binder of their work, they will sit there and look at it for over an hour. And what's really, really interesting is as they look through their own work that you have saved for them, you have memories of where they were developmentally when they handed you that piece of paper or what you were doing as a family when they created that. They have memories of creating it in the classroom that you were not privy to. Mm. And as they go through their binder, they will share those stories with you. And the whole point of saving any kind of memory whatsoever or any physical object is the memory that is stored in that physical object. And the memory for you and the memory for the child are different. And when you listen to them go through the binder, you realize what memory they stored. And it is amazingly awesome. That is cool. Yeah. Now, if you save that paperwork... Until your kids are grown. First of all, Amber, how would you like it if your mom tomorrow dropped off three gigantic bins of all the schoolwork you ever did? Yeah. I'd be like, great. Where am I putting this? <laughs> right. You don't want it. Do you? Like, right. I mean, let's be honest. You're going to yeah. go through it. You're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. That's so yeah. amazing. And, then and that's about it. You will not keep any of it. Mm -hmm. The same thing will happen with your kids. So either... You pare this down and put it in a binder and find out what are their memories and enjoy it. And they'll probably flip through that book two or three times. And they will also flip through it when they're in high school and they have a really bad day and you don't even realize they're flipping through it and it will build their self-esteem mm. back up. And that is the whole point of saving this artwork. It is not to create some like archaeological dig of your child's memories that you're going to give to them when they're 40 and they live in their own house with their own kids. Like, what are you saving it for? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And you do that in the summer. And then each summer, it took, my kids were like fourth and sixth grade when I did it the first time. I went through all that stuff I'd saved. And then each summer after that, I just added a few more pieces. Really after about sixth grade, you don't save very much. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But boy, yeah. did they love it when I did it. Now, is there ever any a time that you're going through that binder and you're kind of like, let's get rid of stuff that's in the binder? So funny because my kids are 17 and 19 now. And I'm like, oh, maybe we should call those binders. I'm like, Lisa, they each have one binder. Why do you need to call? Like, it's their binder. They're fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just one binder. It's not yeah. like yeah. eight boxes or anything. So uh, so just so that we're like, everybody's clear. So when you you have all the stuff, you're putting all the stuff um, into... Uh, like a, what, where did you store it while you're going through the school year in a bucket? I have a basement, so I stored it in the basement, like in a bin or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then when you're in the summer, you're going through it all. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, now what if things don't fit in a binder? Where are you putting ah, that? Such a good answer. Okay. First of all, I would cut it with scissors. I know. Mm. You think like it has to stay the same size. No, usually it doesn't. Or I would color copy it, or you could just take a photo if you want. Yeah. I give those answers because people really want to save it. But the bottom line is if you color copy it or if you take a photo of it, you never look at it again anyway. So if it's too big, just get rid of it. I see. Okay. That's a good point. That's tough love. Yeah. 
So is there any other things about the paper that you're, that you would like to mention that, you know, people are dealing with that we haven't talked about? Yeah. So, okay. We've got the Sunday basket to just deal with like the things of momming and house dumb. We have the kids school binder for all their school artwork. Then there are two other kinds of paper. One is any kind of paper that you need for a child with a medical or an educational need. And I do have a binder for that called the Warrior Mama Binder. Um, My kids both have IEPs. And so this combines your educational and medical records into one binder. And it also has like a printed book in there too that Mm. explains like how do you get services and what do you want to save and not save. And it's really important that you save a lot of paperwork when you go into those meetings. And with children under 18 especially, Um, medical and educational is so intertwined. Like ADHD is a medical diagnosis that has an educational ramification. Learning Mm. disabilities are an educational diagnosis that has a medical ramification and on and on and on. So, um, and anxiety is a medical diagnosis on, so when I'm with my doctor, I have the binder so I can answer things school related. When I'm with the school, I have the binder so I can bring forth the medical information that I need to advocate for my children. That's really important in that case. You also want to keep work samples to substantiate any suspected disability you feel they may have or diagnosed disability. Like, for example, a math paper that comes home from school that the teacher put a smiley face on, but six out of the 10 problems were wrong. (laughs) Mm. Or your child writing their name perfectly backwards. Oh, interesting. Or writing their name, like they have all the letters of their name, but they're all over the page. Like, so Joey's name is J-O-E-Y, but it's J on the left and then O on the right and then E in the middle. And and if they do that, that means that they do not, they don't understand that letters make words. Like, because I am an early childhood specialist, so I know these things. Mm. So anything that would show where your child brain is developmentally, especially their first drawings really show you where their brain is developmentally. Like if you remember seeing your kids pictures, when they would draw a person, it was a circle with, with two legs sticking out of it. Every child who draws a person, it's a circle with two legs sticking out Mm -hmm. of it. And then eventually the, the circle with the legs has eyes. (laughs) And then the next thing, you know, like on Joey's, it had hair. And on Abby's, it had really big lips. <laughs> she was always <laughs> interested. So, and you could tell what children are noticing in the world based on what they are drawing in actuality. And eventually they get bodies and arms and whatever. So as you look at a child's drawing, especially for someone three to seven, you can tell developmentally what's working in their brain. Mm. And it's too early to get a uh, learning disability diagnosis or a lot of dis- diagnoses, but the more of those kind of um insights that you have when you go into meetings and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're saying there's not a problem, but we have a seven-year-old, but they're drawing like they're a three-year-old or they're doing Mm. like, and you can show that all of a sudden medical and educational professionals will take you seriously. You have the same knowledge if you went in there as a mom and said, I just think something's wrong, but they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of my office. But if you go in there, you say, yeah, but the drawings are really very developmentally delayed. Then they go, oh, well, let's run some tests. And so paper makes your mama gut have stick-to-itiveness in front of professionals. I like because that. you know, you right. know if there's a problem or not, but they are overwhelmed. School districts and medical f- facilities are overwhelmed. And they're like, if I can get rid of this one, then I can deal with the next one. And I don't want them getting rid of you. I want you to be able to advocate. That's why there's so much of a book inside of that Warrior Mama uh, binder. It is set up like a binder, but it also has a lot of like, how do you advocate for your child? What should you look for? What are these developmental milestones Lisa's talking about? They're all in there. 
I love it. Yeah, that is perfect. And yeah, I don't, I don't think people would necessarily know that, especially if they have young children and haven't, mm-hmm. you know, experienced that there could be um, a learning disability or anything like that, special needs of, of um, any kind. So that's perfect. So as we close, I just wanted to make sure, is there anything else that you want to talk about in regards to paper that moms might be dealing with, or do you feel like we covered it all? I think those are the three big ones. All right. Perfect. Well, Lisa, I had so much fun talking to you and doing this four-part series. And um, I know that this is going to give moms some help, you know, when the summer comes, even if Mm -hmm. they just do one of these episodes, it's going to make them feel so much better. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing all your wisdom. Absolutely. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests' information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week. 